let you know, right after service, we have our annual business meeting. I know many of you uh, RSVP'd, signed up for that, so you can make your way uh, to the gym directly following service. We're going to uh, go through the connections room and, and make a line on that side of the, the gym. There'll be a place for you to uh, sign in for all of our members and, and go through. It's going to be a great lunch, so uh, thank you for being part of that. We'll have the all the financial report and all those things over there for you as well. Um, so just believe in God for great things uh, for our annual business meeting today. Uh, if, if you want to be part of that but didn't sign up, uh, come talk with me. But I know we still have some space available and uh, would love for you to, to join. Check it out. And uh, it's going to be a great day today. So looking forward to that following service, uh, all those good things. Again, we'll be electing some uh, three uh, deacons uh, today out of the seven, and so we've been in prayer for that. We'll continue to be praying for that and just believe that God has, has the right three uh, in store for us. Well, today's been a day that's been circled on my calendar for a long time, and uh, I've been praying about it. Today is Vision Sunday, and, and I'm just so excited for what God has in store for AFA. Uh, because I believe our greatest days are yet to come. And uh, let's just take a moment and let's, let's pray. Father, this is your church. God, these are your people. Lord, we know that you're leading us. We know that you're guiding us. God, thank you for speaking to us this morning. Uh, and we just pray that uh, we would be ready for your call. God, that we would step into whatever challenge you call us to do that we wouldn't be afraid, but, but God, you'd give us boldness, God, to, to go out into our city and, and to reach the people you've called us to. So we thank you so much. Uh, uh, we pray that you would speak to us through your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it has been fun this month to look at, uh, again, this is, this is our 90th year as a church at AFA. This 2024 marks our 90th year. The doors opened to the church. There weren't doors at that time. It was maybe a tent uh, in 1934. And uh, here we are 90 years later. And so it's, it's so exciting to see what God has done through this church. To think 90 years ago, we were a church plant started by eight families who came together and had a vision and, and believed that, that, that God wanted to show the power of the Holy Spirit in this city. You know, there's other churches, but they, they believe for a move of the Holy Spirit in Aberdeen and our surrounding communities. And, and just to see God's faithfulness through it all. And we started out in, in a tent meeting, and then it went to just kind of wherever they could find a space around town. And they probably had five or six different spaces they met in. And then God provided a basement church, a leaky basement church. Uh, and then to, to move to the J Street uh, church. And then to move out to this church. And, and then to add on to it, God has blessed us from building to building, place to meet, place to meet. And I, I think of all, through all those 90 years, how many lives have been touched. Right? How, many, how many families have been changed? And some of us, you know, we're here today because of it, but, but think of, of how much impact. It'd be cool to see how, how much of an impact we've had globally from what God has done in this church through, through missions or through uh, a family coming in, a family member being saved, and, and they went back home to their family and the next generation and the next generation. Generations of people's lives have been touched because of what God has done uh, through His church, through this church. 
You know, I think of all the different ways that we, we've been able to, to reach people through, you know, it started out as a, a Sunday school program, a radio program, a TV show, a Bible college, uh, big productions, uh, all the different outreaches, and now the live stream, and all these different ways that we are reaching out to people. And so it's been amazing to see God's, God's faithfulness and God's blessing through it all. And I just believe, again, that looking back at these 90 years is, is going to help us to see God's faithfulness so that we can charge ahead uh, into the next 90. You know, I'm thankful today, looking back just at this, this last year, 2023, and what God used us as a church to do. Uh, we'll, we'll see it in the financial reports and all of that later today, but uh, God used this church to give almost $109,000 for missions. I mean, come on, give that $109,000. Uh, which is just incredible and, and mind-blowing that God could use us uh, to support missionaries across the globe. And, and of that, 35000 was given through our next-gen ministries, through our kids' ministries and youth ministries for Project Rescue, helping uh, free kids and teenagers from human trafficking over in India. So just incredible. It was a record year. So we you give it up for our kids and our youth doing a great job. 35000 uh, which so amazing. Again, that was a record year. Uh, it was amazing this past year in, in 2023 to see so many people come into Jesus. Uh, that's, that's what we're all about as a church, right? It's is to see people come into Jesus. That, that's our mission. That's our focus. We're here to love God, love people, and share Christ. And, and, and it was uh, great to see people respond each and every week, people responding to the gospel, whether they're raising their hands or coming down to an altar. Uh, it was amazing to see kids uh, growing in their relationship over in the youth room and, and being strengthened through camp, through conference, um, and, and just seeing you know, some teenagers' lives just really taken off, getting into God's Word. Uh, it was fun uh, here, and every week we, we get or gather around the, the table and just kind of share wins as a staff. You know, what, what have we seen some wins in people's lives? And, and often, you know, Pastor Sterling would come, and he's like, man, some of these teenagers, they're just asking me questions. I don't think I have enough time to answer all these questions, you know, texting them. Uh, and, and they're just hungry for more of God's Word. And, and so it's been amazing to see that. Uh, in our kids' ministry, how, how many of you were saved when you were a kid? Raise your hand if if that was the first time you're, lots of hands. That's, that's a testament to say kids' ministry is very important. And I'm so thankful for our kids' ministry here at AFA and uh, the, the great work that Pastor Marco and the rest of the team is doing. Thank you so much for volunteering for all of those. And, and to just hear the stories of lives that were changed, whether it's on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night through Royal Rangers and Impact Girls. Uh, at KidCon, at, at camp, you know, all these different places. We even had a story this year of a, a girl who came in who was demon-possessed. I mean, a little kid who, who's been just oppressed by demons her entire life based on the things her family put her through, and, and God delivered her. God set her free, and, and there is just power. God, God's doing some great things uh, in this church, and so it's amazing to see uh, what he has done this last year. Uh, we, saw, we saw 12 people get baptized, and, and so that is awesome to see. We, we saw people filled with the Holy Spirit through uh, our, our Holy Spirit uh, encounter weekend with Tim Enlow and uh, at camp and all those different things, and, and God is just doing a great thing. We saw our, our largest women's conference ever as we did our first live in-person uh, women's conference, and so it was just amazing to see God moving over and over again. Uh, you know, we got, to, we got to do that crazy idea of an escape room in the church and, and see many from the community come on in and get to hear the gospel shared with them, and, and, and so, so much. Uh, the church came together, and I just want to say thank you 
uh, as a church. These things don't happen based on a few people. It happens because the whole church comes together and says, we're willing. You know, we're, we're in. We'll volunteer. We'll, we'll, we'll help out. We'll give up a week to go serve at camp. Uh, we'll help out with KidCon. Uh, we were talking earlier, we need 50 to 70 people to help uh, pull KidCon off. And, and that doesn't happen by accident. It happens because we've got people uh, who, who love people, who want to share Christ. And so you've had that mission on your heart, and thank you so much for serving. Uh, to all of our Wednesday night volunteers who are serving each and every week, our, our youth leaders, our Sunday morning over in the nursery areas, our early childhood ministry, faithfully serving each and every week, and greeters, welcome team, worship team. I mean, there's so many teams. We, uh, we have on average about 50 people who serve every Sunday morning. And uh, it's such a blessing to be part of a church who, who understands that, that we're all in this together. So would you just give a round of applause for all of our volunteers and, and thank you. Thank you so much. God is so good. All right. Well, if you got your Bibles this morning, open to Joshua chapter 1. I'm excited to get to share uh, the vision here and, and our theme uh, just for the year moving forward. And we, we've kind of left off in this, this series, this taking the promised land. Uh, they've wandered in the wilderness. The Israelites have wandered in the wilderness for 40 long years. 40 long years. Uh, they're, they're suffering for their disobedience. They had a chance to go into the promised land earlier when they sent the 12 spies in, but they believed the reports of the 10 saying, oh no, there's giants, there's problems, there's fortified cities. We don't want to go in. We want to go back to Egypt. And, and uh, then God said, okay, you're going to wander in the wilderness now for 40 years. No, we changed our mind. Let's go in the promise. No, you got to wait. And so they had to wait for 40 long years. And it's at the end of these 40 years that the Lord gives Joshua the good news. He says, it's time. Get ready. Get ready to go into the promised land. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Verse 4 says, Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to the ancestors to give them. Verse 7 says, uh, again, this is directed to Joshua, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Lord, we thank you for your word today. God, speak to us through it in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, what good news? What good news must this have been? After 40 years of wandering in the wilderness... 
for, for God to come. And, you know, Moses had passed away, and now Joshua's the new leader in charge. And, and he goes up to Joshua and he says, All right, Joshua, this is, this is what you've been waiting for. Get ready. Get ready. You need to cross into the Jordan. Right? You have the green light. The runway is clear for takeoff. It's time to enter the promised land. And you know what? The Lord spoke to us this morning. And it was a good word today. He said, get ready. It's time. There's, there's something new. And, and this year our theme is it's time. Church, it's time. It, it's time to go and take our city. It's time to go into the promised land. We have been in Bible studies, we've been learning, we've been growing, and now I believe that it's time to go. It's time to step foot into the promised land. It's time to cross over into that Jordan and be ready to go and take the land that God has called us to take. It's time. It's time. It's time to go outside our walls. It's time to take ground in our community and to trust Jesus for victory. And I believe it. I believe it. And so this is our theme for the year, is it's time. Because I believe, just as God spoke to us this morning, and just kind of confirmed that, get ready, it's time. I've got a new thing for you. And today, I believe that God has a new thing for us. And it's time that we go. It's time we go. So I want to look at this passage very quickly uh, before we jump into just kind of some of the, the vision that we have of how, how we can go, different ways that we can go. And uh, so in this passage, I see three different promises that God makes us as we go. Uh, three different promises. Two of them are conditional, meaning that they come in, into effect. God keeps up his end of the bargain as soon as we keep up our end of the bargain. And one of them is unconditional, meaning no matter what we do, God's going to keep up uh, his promise. So the first promise is this, promise number one. We see in verse three, he says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. So that's the first promise. I'm going to give you every place that you set your foot. Uh, no one's going to be able to stand against you. I'm going to give you the land. You're going to have all these things. But this promise was conditional. Because it, the condition was you have to set your foot in that territory. right? You have to walk into that territory. I'm not just going to give you the promised land uh, and you're going to stay on this side of the Jordan. No, you got to walk into it. You know where you saw all those giants? You know where you saw all, the, saw all those cities? you got to walk there. you got to go there. you got to set your... you got to be able... You can't just say, you know what? I think we're going to go around giant territory. Right? I think we're going to go around Jericho. We're just going to skip. No. If you want to win the land, you got to set your foot in the land. you got to go and be bold enough to go take into it. See, if we want to take our city for Jesus... Think about this. If we want to take our city for Jesus, it's not just going to fall into our lap. It's not going to fall into our lap. Uh, we have to step foot in our city. You know, we, we have our church doors open. Everyone's welcome, but that doesn't mean everybody's going to come. So we got to go to them. We got to go. We got to step into some places that may be, may be difficult. You know, Jesus has called us to go and be fishers of men, right? How many fishermen do we have in here? Anybody like to fish? Right? When the fish aren't biting in one spot, you just sit there and just stay there? No, you, you move somewhere else. You know, you move the boat. You go find out where the fish, uh, the fish are biting. And, uh, you know, as a church, too, we can't just sit here and, like, hope the fish come to us. Like, we got to go to them. We, we've got to go. We've got to go find the right spot. See, I believe that God won't give us the land that we are unwilling to step into. 
He's not going to give us land if we're unwilling to step into it. So God's calling us into our city. He's calling us to step into difficult situations. He's calling us to, to step into places where, you know, maybe the gospel's never been preached before in our city. He's calling us uh, to our neighbors. He's calling us to families. He's calling us to not just invite people to church, but to share the gospel outside of our walls. He's calling us into those places, right? He, he's calling us... Uh, think about it. Northern State has 2,800 students. He's calling us to step into that place, but we will never reach it if we don't step into it. Uh, neighborhoods that maybe you avoid or just drive through, maybe he's calling us into those difficult places. He's calling us to take a step into different cultures. He's calling us to stay, uh, take a step into our school campuses, into apartment complexes, wherever we can go find space to step into in our city. In our communities, I believe that God's saying, hey, I want to give you the land, but first you need to step into it. You need to take a step of faith and trust me because God won't give us the land that we are unwilling to step into. Remember, taking land takes effort. It takes effort. We're called to be producers and not simply consumers. So that's promise number one. That's promise number one. Promise number two is this. He says, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you. Now that promise, that one is unconditional. He's always going to be with us. He'll never leave us or never forsake us. So our response to that one, uh, as he says many times in here, is to be strong and courageous, to be bold, because we can be confident because we know that God is with us. We may not be able to defeat the enemy on our own, but, but we have a God who's, whose presence is going to go with us everywhere we go, and he's going to help us take down the enemy because he's so much greater. He's so much bigger than any of our problems. See, when the Israelites stepped into enemy territory, they didn't have to be afraid because God was with them. They may have been outnumbered. didn't matter. They had a bigger God, right? They may have looked like grasshoppers, but they had a bigger God. Uh, they, they may not have had as good a weapons as the enemy, but they had the greatest weapon, right? They had the, uh, the presence of God. It wasn't a sword. It wasn't a bow, but it was the presence of God that was with them wherever they went, and it was greater than any enemy that they faced. It was greater. It was greater. God was greater. And in the same way, I believe that when we step into enemy territory, or I should say enemy-controlled territory, we don't have to be afraid. We can be strong. We can be courageous because we know that God is with us. We may be outnumbered, but God's greater. God's greater, right? We, we may look at our giftings and think, oh, but I don't have the right tools. I don't have the right resources. I, I don't have the right words. I haven't studied enough. I have No, we have the presence of God with us. He's given us his Holy Spirit to go out to give us the right words. Like we have everything that we need. We're more ready than we realize if we would just trust God and be strong and courageous and take the gospel where it needs to go and set foot in the land. God is with us. It's unconditional. It's unconditional. Right? Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil for God is with us. His rod and his staff comfort us. I believe it's time. It's, it's time. God's calling us into our city. He's calling us into our communities. He's calling us to our neighbors, to our co-workers, to our families, to the person at the grocery store. Again, not to just invite them to church, but to share the gospel with them, to share the good news. God's calling us. We can be strong and courageous because God is with us. That's promise number two. Promise three. 
we see in this passage. It says to us that you will be successful wherever you go. You will be prosperous and successful. That's what God told Joshua. Isn't that a great promise? Who wants to be successful in here? Yeah, we want to have success. But there is a condition to that one. This one's conditional. We have to obey God's word. You want to be successful? Obey the law. Be careful to obey the law. Don't turn from the right or to the left. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be successful. So if we want to have success, if we want to have success in this vision, in this mission that God has called us to, then we've got to be students of His Word. We've got to obey His Word. We've got to hold closely to God's Word. Because when we don't, then the opposite is true. We become unsuccessful. You know, it's interesting. Uh, We'll look at it in more detail in coming weeks, but the first battle that the Israelites faced as they crossed the Jordan was this fortress city, Jericho. They were outnumbered. The, the walls were strong. They didn't know how to do it. And God told them to do something that defied all human logic. All right, here's how you're going to take the city. March around it. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And they marched around it. Every day they'd march around it. For six days on the seventh day, he told them, march around it now seven times. All right, God, what are we doing? This is crazy. This is weird. Just listen to my word. Just listen to my word. Just obey. And as they did that, right? We, we know the end of the story. The walls fell down, and, and they, they captured that city. It was amazing. And, and God also gave them another word for that. He says, when you defeat Jericho, don't take any of the gold or the spoils for yourself. It's to be dedicated to God. So that was another word he gave. So now they, they run into city number two, and they look over at that, and it's like, oh, that's, that's a little city. It was called Ai. Oh, that's, that's, that's a little city. Uh, we got this, no problem. Now all of a sudden they've got some confidence. They took down Jericho. We, we can do this. We don't even have to send the whole team out there. You know, let's just send part of the army. They're going to go make it happen. And they go out there and, and uh, they get destroyed. I mean, they just get taken down. They are unsuccessful. They're thinking, what happened? What happened? And that's when the Lord reveals to him, you guys didn't listen to my word. I told you to keep uh, all of the gold, all the spoils would go to God and not, not to yourselves. And because there was one guy named Achan who decided to take it for himself, it affected the entirety of God's people. They were defeated because they didn't obey God's word. See, church, if we want to see success, if we want to do what God's called us to do, right? Love God, love people, and share Christ. If we want to do those things, if we want to see success, if we want to see people one for Jesus in our city and around this globe, then we got to obey God's word. And we got to do it together. We got to all be in. We got to obey God's word. In fact, it goes into details. It says, pay careful attention. The word of God needs to be on your lips, needs to be on your minds, right? And, And you need to do it. How many of you know you can't do the Word of God if you don't read the Word of God? Right? We've got to be in God's Word. We need to become students of His Word. We need to study. We need, I mean, this this is a miracle that God has given us. His Word that we can trust in, that we know is truth, that can guide us, that can direct us. And so he's saying, hey, you need to get this inside of you. And then when it's inside of you, you're going to start talking about it with people. May it be on your lips. May you speak it out. May you think about it. May this be something that consumes you and and dwell on it. But then don't actually just think about it and talk about it. Do it. 
Live it. Obey it. And when we do that, church, I believe we're going to have great success. We're going to have great success. Pay careful attention. So those are the three promises that we see in this passage. As, as Joshua gets the word, it's time. Get ready. Cross the Jordan. We're going into the promised land. I'm going to be with you. You're going to see success, right? You're going to have victory wherever you go. But stay true to my word, right? Be strong and courageous. Step into the land. Get every part of it. Don't let anything, don't let, leave any rock uncovered. Don't be afraid of any city. Don't be afraid of any obstacle. Go in there because I've already given you the land. Church, it's time. It's time. No excuses. No excuses. I believe God's got great things ahead of us. He's going to be with us. He's going to give us success. We are more ready than we realize to reach our city for Jesus. We just need to be strong and courageous. We need to uh, set foot in enemy territory. It's time. It's time to reach the lost in our community. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. So let's talk some, some goals. Let's talk some vision uh, of what I believe that, that God wants us to do as a church. You know, 90 years ago, our church had really clear vision. 90 years ago, when we started the church, the, the church came together, you know, these, these eight families, and, and they, they said, hey, you know, we, we want to see a move of the Holy Spirit in our city. That was their heart. That was their passion. They, they weren't just coming together to, to have a, a Bible study and feel good about themselves or, you know, any, they were there to reach people. They were there to share this good news with everybody. And that's why we see in, in 1934, it started with eight families. But by 1942, the church had already grown to over 500. Think about that. Because they knew where they were going. They knew their vision. They knew their goal. The church had multiplied by 12 times in eight years because they had clear vision. They were hungry. They, they wanted to move forward. They knew their goal. Their goal was to take the promised land. Their goal wasn't to have the nicest church building in town, right? Their, their goal wasn't to have the, the nicest pews or the, uh, the best musicians. Their goal was to reach people. That was their heart. That was their passion, to introduce people uh, to the Jesus that they loved, to introduce them to the power of the Holy Spirit. That was 90 years ago. Now, as it is probably with any organization or institution, after 90 years, it's really easy to lose focus of the vision, of what's most important, of what the main thing is. Because, you know, we, you build buildings, you get comfortable, you know, you, you, um, and we can forget what the church is all about. And so that's why it's so important today that we set goals, that we have a destination, that we have something that we are striving for so that we can move forward intentionally rather than just kind of see what comes our way, right? That we have a destination that we are shooting for. And I believe that it's all about seeing broken lives being made whole again. It's all about reaching people and filling the kingdom of heaven. That's what we're about. That's what we're called to. Again, our mission statement, and this won't change. Our mission will always be love God, love people, and share Christ. The Great Commandment and the Great Commission, that doesn't change. Uh, but these goals are things that I believe that will happen as we do those things, as we love God, as we love people, as we share Christ. These are things that I believe will happen. 
So I've got six things for you today. We'll, we'll show them up here. Six, six goals, six, six visions of, of where we're going as a church. And the first one is, is this. As we love God, love people, and share Christ, I, I believe we need to make the presence of God paramount in our church. That, that has got to be what defines us as a church, is the presence of God, that there is something different about this church. The, the Israelites, right? Uh, the reason why they were successful in battle is because they had the Ark of the Covenant. They had the presence of God with them wherever they went. And, and that's what, what gave them victory. And our success comes from the Lord, period. We can have talents, we can have abilities, you know, we can, uh, uh, we can, it, we can have all these different things, but it, it's, at the end of the day, victory doesn't come because of the size of our budget. Victory doesn't come because of the integrity of our church building. Victory doesn't come because of the amount of the people in the pews. Victory comes because of the presence of God. And we believe that, that God wants to, to use his presence to tear down walls in our city, to tear down walls in our lives, right? To, to, to move and to grow. And, and so uh, our, our vision, my, my prayer is that may this church building be a place where people experience the presence of God. May, may people walk into these doors and from the moment they're greeted by the welcome team, may they say, you know, there's something different here. There, there's something different. There's something different. I can't quite put my finger on it. And, it. and it's really amazing to see people experience the presence of God for the first time. They can't explain it. They can't describe it. A lot of times they'll ask, like, what, what was different about that? You know, why did, what, you know, I, I just felt like I needed to, like, hug somebody. It expresses itself in a lot of different ways. You know, why, why am I crying right now? It's the presence of God. That's the presence, and we get to tell them. That's what's different. That's what's different is you just stepped into the presence of God. But you know what? Not everybody's going to step into this church. But that's okay, because you know what? We're His church. Amen. We're His church. And as we go from this place, we carry the presence of God with us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and I believe that, uh, you know, in your day-to-day -day life, you're going to come across people, and you are going to be the only taste of church, the only taste of Jesus that they get. And people are going to experience God's presence because they see your life. They see how you live it. And they see there's something different about them. Oh, they go to AFA. You know, that's, that's, what's, different. They, that's, that's what's different about because I serve Jesus. And I, I'm, I carry the presence of God with me wherever I go. And so I believe that if we want to get where we're going, we got to make the presence of God paramount in our lives. So we're going we're gonna to be talking about all these things in the weeks to come, but, but one of the biggest things about making sure that, that we have the presence of God in us is prayer. Now, we've got to make prayer a priority, and we're going to get really practical in the weeks ahead of, of how we can do these things, uh, how we can make uh, the presence of God paramount, and we're going to be looking, making it really practical. So I'm excited for that coming up. Second thing that I believe God has for us here at AFA is we need to be a multi-generational and multicultural church. A multicultural and multi-generational church. You know, we are called to reach our city, right? And so I believe that our church should reflect the demographics of our city. Because these are the people that we are called to reach. Um, as a church, uh, we should reflect the different age groups in our city. Some of the demographics is uh, almost 25%. Almost 25% of Aberdeen is actually under 18. 
Think about that for a second. A quarter of the people who live here are under 18. Uh, 10% of our city population attends Northern State University. So people who are 18 to 25-year-olds, and that's, those are just the ones on campus. Uh, at the same time, we've got 17% who are retirement age or better. Every generation. Every generation. The goal of the church, or one of the goals, I mean, should always be to reach the next generation. You know, because we need, to, we need to continue to pass the faith to the next generation. We need to continue to do that. But you know, it takes every generation to reach the next generation. It takes every generation. And we need to be able to, how can we mentor each other? How can we be in relationship? How can we be in community? How can we connect, you know, the older generation to the next generation? Because we've got lessons to teach each other. We, we've, got, we've got things to learn and grow. So I, I believe that we need to be a multi-generational church. Uh, I also believe that we need to reflect the cultures of our city. You know, our, our city and our communities are becoming more and more diverse all the time. Uh, just over the past decade, uh, it used to be diversity, we had 10%. Now we're up to 20% of our population. And, and this should be a church where, where everybody's welcome to come. Again, no matter their age, no matter their, their culture, because Jesus loves people. Jesus loves people. It doesn't matter what language they speak. It doesn't matter what culture they come from. Jesus loves people. And we got a, you know, big sign out there. We love people. There's no qualifiers to that, right? There's no qualifiers to what age you are, what culture you're from, what you look like. We love people, period. And so we need to be a multicultural. We need to be a multi-generational church. We need to reflect our city. Third thing, third thing, we need to be known by our mission. We need to be known by our mission. This would be a fun experiment. You guys can try it. But if you were to go out to somebody uh, in Aberdeen, just walk up to a random person and ask them, hey, do you, do you know Aberdeen First Assembly? You know, what, what can you tell us about it? My guess is the majority of people are going to say, oh, is that the... That's the church that, that's right across from Wiley Lake, right? Yep, yep, that's us, right? And so that's not a bad thing. They know where we are. But I want to be known by more than our location. I want to be known by our mission. You know, I'm thankful we don't have a bad reputation. Like, it's not like, oh, that's the church that did, you know. No, no, we, we've, we've, got, you know, we've got a good reputation, but, but I believe we can have an even greater one. I want people in our community to know, oh, that's the church that really... Man, you guys love people. I mean, you, you care for people. You, you met a need when I needed most. You, you helped out in this area. That's, that's the, I mean, I, there was people, uh, you know, my neighbor goes to that church and they, they keep sharing Jesus with me. You know, I think I might, I might come and, and check that out. You know, I, there's, there's something more. I want to be known by our mission. John 13, 35 says, all people know that you are my disciples when you love one another. I want to be known by our love. I want to be known in, in our city by more than simply a location. And church, it takes all of us. One, one practical thing that I think we can do, we'll talk about in the weeks ahead, but I want you to be thinking of it now. You, we, we do several different outreaches uh, during the course of the year, but this year we, we want to shake things up a bit. We, we want to come together as a whole church, and, and I, want to just, I want you to start pondering this question now, but 
we all have different spots in the community, different places that, that we go, different people that we see. And I want you to be thinking, what are needs? What are needs that you see in our community? What, what are areas that we can help people out? What are areas that we can be the church and we can go into our community? So if you know of areas, if you know of things that are just, man, this is a big need. And, and if we had 20 or 30 people, or if we, we came together and pooled our resources, we could, we could do something about it. Because I, I believe that we can transform our community. But we got to find those needs first. So if you see a need in the community, I want you to be thinking about it. Come talk to me. I'd love to hear, hear more about ways that we can serve the people around us. The way that we can add value to the people around us so they'll be open to hear the gospel. So known by our mission. Now this next one, uh, the, the next thing in here, this is, let me start with this idea. It's, it's not number four, but it affects numbers four and five, and, and that's this, the 4%. Four percent. I, I have this number and it keeps rattling around in my mind and I can't get rid of it. All right? The four percent. Think about this for a moment. Uh, the population of Aberdeen's 28,000. The population of the surrounding communities is about 38,000. I would say right now that as a church, numerically speaking, we're reaching about one percent of our population. About one percent. So if you would go up again to a hundred people, uh, in a grocery store or wherever at the mall, and, and one out of every 100 would say, yeah, yeah, I, I go to AFA, you know, 1%. Now, there's many other churches, and we're reaching more percentage-wise, but there's a lot of percent of people out there who don't have any church, who don't know Jesus, who aren't following Him. And so I'm just believing God for something crazy. Believe in God for 4%. That as a church, we can reach 4% of our community. Because you know why? We, we serve a God of addition and multiplication. He, that, that's, that's what a healthy church is all about. Look, look at these numbers. Jesus started out with how many disciples? Twelve, right? But then on the, the, the day of Pentecost, you had 120 believers praying together. So we go from 12, that's a tenfold increase to 120. Then on the day of Pentecost, Peter gets up and preaches, and, and it says that 3,000 were added to their number that day. At the end of Acts chapter 2, it says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In Acts 4, it says the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. And that was just the guys, right? So there was a lot more than that. In Acts chapter 5, it says, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. In Acts 6, it says, and the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Our God is a God not of uh, subtraction and division. He's a God of addition and multiplication. And so I'm just believing God for great things. I'm believing God for the 4%. If you do the math, that's 1,120 people. So how do we accomplish that? How do we do that? Number four, each one reach one. Each one reach one. And I believe that this is so critical to our mission. If we want to reach our community, it's going to take everybody. It's going to take every one of us uh, to, to do it. We, we've got to become, God's called all of us to be disciple makers. He's called all of us to be soul winners. That's not just one person in the church, that's everyone. Everyone. And, and I believe we can't uh, just do it on our own, but it's, it's everyone all in. Everyone is all in. And so if you do the math on that, think about this. If each one of us reach one person per year, right? We've got 1% right now. But if the whole 1% reached 
reach one person. 2%. Right? Multiplication. And then if the 2% said, all right, next year, let's reach one person. 4%. And then 8%. 16%. But right now, we're going to shoot for 4%. All right? And, and I, I believe God can do it. I believe God can do great things. I believe it's going to be a stretch of our faith. Because when you see those numbers, you're like, whoo, you know, how are we going to do that? How are we going to fit everybody? How are we going to do it? We'll get to that. We'll figure it out. We're going to prepare. We're, we're going to do all this. But God's the God of multiplication. And I believe a healthy church is a growing church. See, it's not about, really, it's not about the size of our, of our church. It's not about that, but it's about the size of the kingdom of heaven. We want to fill it. We want to fill it. And so to do that, we've got to, we've got to go out. We've got to reach people. So each one, reach one. And along with that, number five is each one, teach one. Each one, teach one. You know, Jesus didn't call us to therefore go and make converts. He said, therefore, go and make disciples. That's what he's called us to do. He's called each one of us to go and make disciples. He's calling us not to just share Jesus with people, but to walk with them through that journey, to grow with them through that journey. We can't be simply satisfied with sharing our faith, but we need to continue that discipleship process. Yeah, I've been a part of many outreaches in my life, you know, big outreaches. Maybe you've done that, you know, a big concert or a big speaker or something like that. And there's a big altar call at the end and, and you get hundreds of people who mark that they gave their life to Jesus. And that's great. But then the real test of that ministry is how well do we disciple those people afterwards? And sadly, so many people have fallen through the cracks because they haven't had anybody to go and, and to, to do a Bible study with or to ask questions. And I believe as a church, we need to come together and we need to be disciple makers. But it's going to take all of us. Each one, teach one. And that may say, seem daunting to you. You know, you, you could start saying, well, you know, I... I'm not really good, or I'm not, I don't know enough of the Bible, or I don't know enough of this. But, but to teach someone, it, it's, simply, it's simply just sharing the things you've already learned, passing it along. You may not know all the answers, that's okay. But what are the answers you do know? What are the things you can't share? Uh, what, what did God speak to you when you read his word? Share that. Share that, and it's this little by little. I, I love, we had a, a welcome team meeting that Pastor Sam led a few weeks back, and, and he shared this. People aren't looking for simply a friendly church. You know, we've got a friendly church, and that's great. We need to have a friendly church. People are going to shake your hand. People are going to give you a hug. But you know what people are really looking for? They're looking for a friend at church. They're looking for somebody that they can ask questions. They're looking for somebody they can, you know, go out to lunch with. They're looking for somebody who will invite them over to their house and really just help them to grow and develop. So whose friend can you be? Right? Who, who are you willing to just kind of bring alongside you and say, hey, let's do this together. Let's follow Jesus together. Let's see what happens. And man, it's really exciting. Let me tell you what, it's exciting. When you're around somebody who's a new believer, they're hungry. They want more of the gospel. They've got lots of questions. And, and you're going to grow in your faith like you've never experienced before because you've got somebody else there who's, who's just hungry and ready to go. And they're asking, and, and, and it's amazing. So I believe we can reach the 4%. How do we do that? Each one reach one and each one teach one. Last one, number six. Six mission trips, six regions, three years. 
as a church, I believe that we've been really good at giving. I mean, over $100,000 submissions this year. We've been really good at praying. But I think one area that we can work on is going. Is going. And, and I believe that as we go, as we step out in faith, that that's only going to increase our giving and increase our praying because we're going to see it with our own eyes. We're going to see those needs. And, and so I, I believe God's calling us to go. We, we've had individuals go on missions trips here and there, but I, I believe that we need to start sending uh, missions trips as a church. And so over the, the next three years, our, our goal, our plan is to put together six missions trips to each of the regions that we support and with our missionaries. And so we've got uh, six different regions. We can put them up there. Six different regions that we're, we're praying for. So the United States, uh, Latin America, Europe, Africa, Eurasia, and Asia. You can see all those out on our, our missions board out there. And we're going to select one of the missionaries that we support and, and that we're praying for and we're giving to on a monthly basis. And we're going to line up a missions trip. Uh, and maybe we send 10 people over there. Maybe we send 40 people over there. Whatever God puts uh, on your hearts. And uh, we're going to be able to, to go over there and just see firsthand what God is doing across our globe. And so I challenge each and every person on here, sign up for one of them. Sign up for one of them. Sign up to be part of them. And uh, the first trip that we're doing is actually going to be this June. Uh, we're, we're starting local. We're going to go with Johnny and Heidi Wade to the Rosebud Reservation right here in South Dakota. It's going to be a, about a five-day trip, uh, Sunday through uh, Friday. We're going to be doing uh, a, a VBS or a Sunday school, sidewalk Sunday school VBS outreach with the Wades down there in the Rosebud Reservation. So it's going to be uh, the second week of June. Uh, we'll have instructions and sign up for that in a little bit. But if you're interested, uh, be praying about it. Uh, this is going to be a great first trip. We can have, I think, up to 40 people uh, go down on this. And it's going to be just amazing this summer. So be praying about that. We'll give more details in the weeks ahead. But I'm just believing God for great things. That as we, we go into those places, as we go into those locations, that, that God's going to move us and, and just impress new and greater things for missions on our heart. Because again, our, our goal isn't just to simply reach our community, but it's to go into the ends of the world. And this is one way we can do that. So those are the six. The presence of God being paramount, multicultural, multigenerational, known by our mission, to reach the 4%, each one reach one, to reach the 4%, each one teach one and six different mission strips in the next three years. So I'm just believing God. I'm believing God to do great things. Will you believe with me? Will you believe with me? See, these are goals that we, we put in front of ourselves. This is a vision that we, we lay ahead so we know where we're going. Uh, every year, uh, our family, we, we try to get back, back home. I'm from Dubuque, Iowa originally, so that's where my parents and the rest of the family still are. And so every, every summer we try to get back home there. And uh, to do that, it would be weird of us to hop in the car and just say, all right, let's, let's just drive. You know, and whatever road looks nice, we'll take it. And just hopefully we get back to Dubuque, Iowa. No, we don't do that. You know, we, we have to, you know, it would also be silly of us to say, well, you know, Iowa's southeast from here, so let's just go southeast, and hopefully we find it. We, we've got to have a direction. We, we put it into the GPS, and then, you know, it takes different steps. We've got to get to Summit before we get to, you know, we've got to get through that Bermuda Triangle of bad weather before we, we get back home to Iowa, right? We've got to get to Sioux Falls. We've got to get to Albert Lee. We've got to get to Waterloo before finally we can arrive to Dubuque. 
And, and we, so we have to take those steps. And so that's what this vision is. It's saying, here's the destination. Here's where we're going. Here's the direction. It's not just a, a southeast. Here's a specific point that we want to reach as a church. And we believe we can reach as we love God, as we love people, and as we share Christ. But it's going to take some steps, right? We've got to reach 2% before we reach 4%. Right? We, we've, got to do the, we've got to take one missions trip before we take six missions trips. And it's going to be incremental. It's going to be a process. But we're going somewhere. We're, we're going somewhere. And I believe that with God's help, that as we step into these situations, as we step into the promised land, as we step in, that God's going to give us success. Right? As you step out and, and you have the boldness and, and the courageousness to share the gospel with your neighbor, right? and maybe your heart's beating out of your chest, but you're, you're faithful, you're stepping into land you've never stepped into before. I believe that God is going to give us success. He's going to help us to take the promised land. He's going to be with us. He's going to come through on His promises, and we can trust Him. We can trust Him. So we're not there yet, but we've picked a destination, and I believe we're going in the right direction. So worship team, would you come? I want us to close today. Uh, We've been singing this song all month, kind of our our theme uh, for Vision Sunday. Build your church. God, build your church. And and we're believing that God is going to build his church uh, in multiple ways. One, he's going to build us. He's going to build us up. He's going to make us stronger. He's going to help us to grow. He's going to help us to do things that we've maybe never had the faith to do before, but he's going to build faith in us. And as he does that, and as we step out, and as we're, we're activated, you know what? I, I believe the church is, is kind of a sleeping giant. God has, has used us. I mean, we are his, his plan A to reach the world around us. And he's given us every tool we need But how often do we not realize that? How often are we content just to sit back and, you know, to go to Bible study after Bible study, which again, it's a good thing. But then we've got to do it, right? We've got to do those things we've studied that we've learned and go out into our community. And and I believe that with God's help, we're going to do it, that he's going to wake us up and, and, and man, the enemy's going to be afraid. The enemy's going to be afraid. He's not going to know what to do. Because we serve an incredible God. So we're just believing that God is going to build His church. So would you stand with me this morning? Again, in the weeks ahead, we're going to make this real practical and and try to put stepping stones of of here's how we can reach some of these these goals and these visions. and, And we believe that God's going to do incredible things. So I want to pray with you, and we're going to sing this song, and then after that, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dismiss uh, over to our annual business meeting. But let's, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, again, this is your church. These are your people. God, this is your vision. It's not to build up our pride. It's to build up your kingdom. God, there's so many people right now. They don't have a church. They're at home. They're lost. They don't even know it. They may not know they need a Savior. God, they may be going through a hard time. They're looking for something greater. I believe each one of us, we're looking for our Creator. We're looking for a Savior, but we don't know how to put it into words. God, we have the answer. God, we have a relationship with you, and we're grateful. Lord, thank you that you died and that you rose again. Thank you that that you called us. God, you've given us this great commission to go into all the world, 
God, to reach our Jerusalem, to, to reach to the ends of the earth. And so we're stepping out in faith as you've told us today, God, get ready. Get ready. It's time. It's time. Just as you, you told the Israelites, get ready to cross the Jordan. It's time. Oh, Lord, make us ready. Build our faith. Build your church today, Lord, as we set out on this journey. We trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this together, church. Christ alone, our chief cornerstone, no other foundation can we build upon. Not philosophy, Build your church, build your church, build it from the ground. 
Lord Jesus, we're your church. This is your church, God. We give it to you. We put it in your hands. Lead us. Guide us. And may we follow your word. Lord, it's time. It's time we, we do what you've called us to do, to love God, love people, and share Christ. We pray for your favor. God, we, we pray for your success and victory to follow us as we step foot into our city, as we take ground. Lord, we love you. God, thank you that you have great things in store for us ahead. We are yours. Use us. Shape us. Mold us. And we thank you in advance for the lives that are going to be changed in this city because of what you called us to do. In Jesus' name, we also pray you bless the food we're about to eat to our bodies. Amen. 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 Thank you, church. We've got, got great things in store. Again, our annual business meeting uh, will be starting. We've got food hot and ready. Uh, if you want to make your way through the connections room, uh, there's a place for all of our members to, to sign in, uh, to grab the reports. Um, so again, uh, we'll see you over in the gym.